0: Welcome to the Faith to Change Your World broadcast with Brother Chidi iPhone. James chapter 2. James chapter 2. I read from verse 14. The Bible says, What doth it profit my brethren? Though a man say he had faith, and have not works? can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked, and be destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith... If it had not works, is dead, being alone. Yes, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I, have, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. 19. Thou believest that there is one God. Well, thou doest well. But the devil also believes and trembles. But we thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son, his only son, upon the altar? Seeest thou how faith rots with his works, and by works was his faith made perfect. By works was his faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the Lord justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. As the spirit... Without the body is dead. As the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. If you see a human being who does not have a spirit in him, that's a dead human being. In the same way, if you have something that you think is faith and you don't have works to back it up, it is dead also. We must know something very important today. That faith and belief are two different things. Believe is the first step. But faith is acting on what you believe. It is adding action to what you believe. Many Christians may, may actually believe the power of God and believe in the power of God and in the grace of God that they carry, but they have done nothing with their belief. They have refused to act on what they believe, either because of ignorance—they don't know they are supposed to add actions to their belief—or because of fear, the fear to take risk and advance in God. And most times, this kind of fear comes because of what you have heard and because of what you you, you have had your spirit exposed to, and your heart exposed to, and received. But faith is not just about believing. It is not just to believe. It is acting on what you believe. Faith is acting on what you believe. Bartimaeus did this. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I read from verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho, which, and as he, Jesus, went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside, by the highwayside, begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But the Bible says in verse 48 that he cried out the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. They told him, Bathmeus, shut up, shut up. Jesus will not hear you. Who do you think you are? He will not hear you. But the Bible says he cried out the more, And that's the thing. When you are starting out in faith, people will want to shut you up. You don't have to, this thing does not work. You don't, you don't have to waste your time. But the Bible did not say when they told him, Bartimaeus, keep quiet. The Bible did not say Bartimaeus, keep quiet. The Bible said that he cried out the more. A great deal. So if he was shouting like this, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon him. And when they told him, shut up, he decided to take it to level 54. Jesus, thou son of David, refusing to bow to the situations and the suggestions of men. Let's read on. And in verse 49, the Bible says, And Jesus stood still, because this guy was shouting. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise up. He calls you. So, people that told him to shut up, when Jesus eventually called him, it was the same people that said, Okay, okay. uh, It's okay. It's okay. Now, you'll be happy. The man is calling you. Now, we are talking about faith, acting we are talking about acting on what you believe the Bible says in verse 50 and Bartimaeus now Jesus has called him and said come in verse 50 the Bible says and he, Bartimaeus casting away his garment rose and came to meet Jesus casting away his garment rose now why is casting away his garment important in the, old, in the old Jewish culture, lepers were not allowed to sit in the community where human beings and the other whole people that were whole, because lepers were not whole, but people that were whole, right? Lepers were not allowed to mingle with them. People that were blind and begging and people that were beggars had a, had a particular kind of cloak or clothes that they wear in the old Jewish culture. So they wore the clothes so that when they pass you, you know that they are not just normal people. They are beggars and they need help. Now, Jesus said, Bartimaeus, come. Now, he was on his way to meet Jesus and he was never even sure if Jesus would help him see. But the Bible says in verse 50 that he, Bartimaeus, Casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Meaning that before he even got to Jesus, he decided to squeeze his garment, the cloak that he was wearing that signified that he was a beggar. He decided to off it and do what to eat. He threw it away. Why did he throw the garment away? Because he was sure that he would never need the garment anymore after he meets Jesus. Because he was sure that he would become whole and fully healed, that he will see when he meets Jesus. He has always believed this all the years. He has always believed that Jesus had the power to heal him and to help him see. And now it was time to act on what he believed. And so when he was even going to meet Jesus, he had not even met Jesus. Now, this is what common sense people would have told you. And that is what we have amongst ourselves. They say, see, let me tell you, my brother, use wisdom. Don't throw the cloak away. Don't throw that beggar cloak away. You know, beggar clothes is cursed now. Just keep it somewhere and go and meet Jesus and let him pray for you. If you now see, uh-huh, you can know, you can dash the cloth out. But in case he prays for you and you do not see, ah, you go and take your cloak and be continuing that this life is judged. Refuse that kind of notion. Refuse and rejects that kind of mentality. So Bartimaeus, even before he met Jesus, threw everything away and went to meet Jesus, even casting away his beggarly garment. And the Bible says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will thou that I should do unto you? And the blind man said unto Jesus, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith had made thee old. And what is his faith? His faith is the ability, his ability to act on what he believed. That was his faith. That he believed that he was going to see. And the moment Jesus called for him, he did not contemplate and say, Ah, maybe it's not today or maybe it's tomorrow that I will see. No! He immediately stood up to run to meet Jesus, and even before he got to meet Jesus, he threw everything that signified that he was a beggar, he threw them away and went to meet Jesus, knowing fully well that he would never come back. Let me tell you something very shocking. Where Bartimaeus was sitting down and begging, I can guarantee you that there were many other beggars that were there, but they refused to add action to their faith, they refused to add faith. Their faith they refuse to act on what they believed, and that's why we never heard of them in the Bible. That's why we never heard of them. What about the woman with the issue of blood? The woman with the issue of blood in the book of H, uh, Luke chapter 8? Don't we meet Luke chapter 8? Luke chapter 8, the book of Luke chapter 8. I read from verse. 40. Now, and it came to pass, that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him, and behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet, and besought him that he would come into his house. Now, this is a mighty man that was known for his deeds and known in the environment. It was Jairus. It was a ruler in the synagogue, more like a pastor. And he came to me, Jesus, please, can you come to my house, please? My daughter is almost dying. And Jesus said, okay, let's go. Now, I want to show you something. That faith can be acting on one thing and another thing at the same time. How do I know? Jesus was on his way, going to meet Jairus. And I know that he was already activated in faith to go and heal the daughter of Jairus. And even if the girl dies, he was going to bring the girl back to life. Now, this is what it means. In verse 42, the Bible says, For the man had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was lay a dying, right? But as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither, neither could ha- be healed of any came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched, meaning that it dried up. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all the night Peter and David were with him said, Master, why do they talk like this now? The multitude throng thee and pressed thee, and says, thou who touched me? I mean, Jesus was going to Jairus' house. And when he was going, many people were even, I mean, people were even rolling and, ah, Jesus, I'm sure people even held his feet. I'm sure people even held his body. Many people were rolling and trundling around him, but somebody touched him with something that was called the ingredient of faith. She believed and she decided to add action to, her, to what she believed. And then she held his clothes. The Bible says the hem of his garment, meaning not even the, the real part, just the hem, the, just a small part of his clothes. And the Bible says that the issue of blood, stanched, it dried up. But there were many other people there who were touching Jesus. Why did they, And they were sick, some of them were sick, yes. And why didn't they, why didn't they get healed? Because they did not go out in faith. So, the woman touched Jesus in faith, and she got her healing. And when Jesus said, who touched me? Why did he say, who touched me? Because he knew that something went out of him The anointing, the virtue, the healing power went out of him, and he stopped. Who touched me? Who touched me in the midst of millions of people around you? Who touched me? Who touched me? And then something very Peter was like... Bro, why they talk like this now people they touch you up and down you saying who touched me who touched me see millions of people are touching you He said no 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 you don't understand somebody touched me and dragged something away from me and the Bible says in verse 46 that and Jesus said who touched somebody touched me for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me see Peter somebody touched me power the healing anointing has gone out of me. And now the Bible says in verse 47 that, and when the woman saw that she was not healed, she came trembling and falling down before Jesus. She declared unto him before all and before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. She just came when Jesus was particular about knowing who touched him. She just gave me the lead. Father, it's me that touched you. Hey, I, I had prayed in my house. I had believed strongly that I would be healed. And then I needed to touch you. And then I said to myself, if I can but just go out. If I can act on this thing that I believe and touch your clothes, I will be made whole. Jesus did you not know, say, okay, um, your touching has made you whole. Guess what he said in verse 48. And he said unto her daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith has made you. What is faith acting on what you believe? I'm trying to break this down to the simplest standard so you understand. I'm trying to break this down to the simplest explanation. Faith is acting on what you believe. So you might be believing and believing and believing and believing and believing. And you have never for once released your faith by acting out what you believe or speaking out what you believe. You will die believing. And you will never get the result that you expect to get or you dream to get. Now, if Bartimaeus had not added faith to his faith and pursued after Jesus, if he had not casted away his garment, he would probably have died the blind beggar. And we would never have read about blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. I can imagine that his name is Ba and his son's name is Timaeus because he said his name name is Ba, Timaeus, and his father's name is Timaeus. Now, if the woman with the issue of blood had not pressed through to touch Jesus, we would never have heard of her in the Bible. And she would have died with her disease. Now, But the bottom line that I want you to know is that they acted on what they believed. What are you going to do? It is time for you to act on what you believe. Everything that God will ever do for us, he has already done. He did it 2,000 years ago for us on the cross of Calvary. And he gave us the mandate, the dominion mandate, which is summed up in the word, the blessing. And it says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion, and subdue it. So everything he would ever do for us, he has already done. But it is our responsibility to connect to the reign of his blessings and grace by acting on what we believe. And what we believe can either come from the written word of God, the Bible, the Logos, or from his personal word, Rema, the spoken word. When the word of God speaks to you or when God speaks to you, it steers up what you believe. And when you have that kind of thing when your belief is steered, don't keep it at the belief level only. Act fit to your faith, act on what you believe, and that's how you get results. If I was in my former apartment many years ago during COVID, just believing that, ah, I will get a better apartment, God will help me. I will never probably have gotten to where I am today. If I was satisfied with the mediocre life and only believing that one day things go better, one day things go better, I'll probably not be where I am today. And the difference between belief and hope, because even hope is on another level, faith and hope, hope is on another level. Now, faith and hope are different as well. Hope will make you stay in a ship and there is a there is storm. There's a storm. And the ship is about sinking. Hope, if you are in hope, You just smiling. The ship will sink. The ship will sink with hope. If you have hope alone, and you are in a sinking ship, the ship will sink. But faith, your faith, would keep that ship afloat. Faith is having that action added to what you believe. Don't just sit down there. That I have prayed that God should bless me and multiply multiply me and expand my financial life and prosper me. I should not go and sit down somewhere in a park bench and be feeding pigeons. (laughs) Why are you not going to work today? I have prayed now. I have prayed. I have faith that God will help me. I have faith that I will become a very rich man. Or you have, you believe something. But you have never done anything to to, to correspond to what you believe. For instance, there's something I wanted to show us. In Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. From verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, right? And saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, that's Peter's ship, and prayed that he would thrust him out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people. Now, when he had finished his crusade and had finished preaching, right? And when he had left speaking... He said unto Simon, "Launch out into the deep, into the deep, and let your nets for a drop." I want to teach you the secret of economic success and financial prosperity, of prosperity. Jesus said to Peter, "Launch out into the deep, and let your nets for a drop." And Simon answering and said unto him, "Master." We have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, Jesus said to him, launch out your net. Now, that is what I'm talking about when I mean rhema. When the word of God is personal to you, when God speaks to your heart. When God speaks to you about what he wants you to do. It doesn't matter if you have tried to do that same thing a million times before. Now, Peter was an experienced fisherman. Meaning that in that trade, in that occupation, he was one of the best in Israel. And he knew that he had stayed in that river and fished all the night. Do you know what it means to fish all the night and you did not catch anything? He had every human reason backing to say he was never going to obey Jesus. It was simply good to say, who are you? Because you preach on my ship, You now thought you can tell me something. I've been fishing for 30 years. And I can tell you that there will be fish in that river. But he obeyed what Jesus told him. And that's the thing. Rema is personal. now. When you hear Rema, just obey. Your own is to obey the word of the Lord. And the Bible says that Peter said, Father, Master, we have toiled all night and we caught nothing. But I am not doubting what you have said. Nevertheless, because of what you have said, I will try it again. Because of what you have said, I will lay them down the net. The Bible says in verse 6, And when they had done this, when they had laid down the net, that they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Now, they filled both ships, that ships, the two ships began to sink, not boats, ships. You think that experience Peter had was a small fish experience. No. That that catch that he had, just by following one instruction from God, changed the entire economy of his community it changed the entire economy of the place that he was living because the fish that can fill two ships was going to affect everybody in that economy it was going to benefit people living in that environment it was going to make peter a very wealthy man that he could not share the money alone that he said to his partners please come let's catch this thing together let's drag it together and they drag it just one catch and the bible says that their boat both ships were filled that it began to sink imagine how heavy is one fish and how many fishes would you have to catch to make your sheep sink so the fish and the fishes that peter caught that day just by following one instruction from from from, from, from jesus just by acting on what jesus has said just by acting on what he believed would work for him. Just one instruction. And by acting on that one instruction, because he believed that one instruction would work for him. If he had not believed, then he would not; he never had done it. But he believed and he did. And that changed the entire economy of that, of that environment. It changed the entire economy of that city where Peter was living. There was a fish drought in the envi- in the environment. If fishes were expensive, too expensive in that environment, because of that one experience Peter had, fishes were going to be supplied to everybody in a very comfortable amount. Because of that one experience, everybody in the environment would be be able to eat fishes in their home. It changed the entire economy of that city because of one one, one, one very important action. Acting on what you believe. So when we hear and believe, we have to act to bring to pass what we believe. Release your faith by words. Release your faith by action. Don't just stay in the realm of belief and that's what many Christians are doing. They look at you and laugh and they mock you. You that you are living in faith, they mock you. Why do they mock you? Because they think that they are living in faith. And the only thing that they are doing is just believing. And they are not adding faith to their faith. They are not acting out on what they believe. They just believe. Some of them don't even get to the realm of the belief. Some of them just stay in the realm of hope. And are hoping, 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 hoping. And then a man of God, I respect so much, said something. And uh, this faith does not work every time. That... um, how did he even say it? That he trusted God for a car and then he, when he believed, the thing did not come. And then he just said that this thing is not working and he left it. Now, there's only one way to that. It was, he, he could be believing for a car with a necktie faith, and it's progressive. You have to add to your faith. And that's why like the Bible says, add to your faith patience and just keep adding, just keep adding, just keep adding. You keep building your faith and you move from faith to faith. You keep moving from faith to faith. Don't don't wake up one morning and say, I'm believing God for a mansion. Without even living in the realm of faith for even one day. But if you have built your stamina and faith over the years, if you believe God for a jet, you would have it. That's the power of faith. So, don't just stay in the realm of believing alone. Ah, I believe, oh, I believe, ah! ah. I believe, but nothing done, no release of your faith, no acting on what you believe, you can never enter into the realm of results, you can never see results and the manifestation that you crave for. God will cause you to believe, which is a very basic ingredient. For now, it is now your responsibility to act on what you believe. Let's say you are believing God for a good job. You have prayed and you have fasted and you have probably and possibly done everything that you know to do in the the realm of spirit and you know to do spiritually as you are led by God. And now that's very important because life is spiritual and everything comes from the fourth dimension. So if you are living in the fourth dimension, you are able to control everything that happens in the third dimension. And we live in a three-dimensional world. You must know that. And the only way to survive and exceed the limitations of this three-dimensional world is to live and operate from the fourth dimension. But say you are believing God for a job and, and I'm telling you what I did to get to get the, the, the kind of job that I got. And you are believing God for a job. Now, you have prayed and you have done everything that you know to do. You have sown, you have done everything. Now, this is what you need to do. Just continue to apply for jobs. Submit your CVs. Apply for a job. Now, iron that shirt, polish that shoe, and expect an interview. Expect it. This is how to expect. Every time, check your phone. Check your email. Check your email for an invitation from the company that you're expecting it from. Check your email. Every time, check your email. If if I'm, if I'm expecting something, a letter from the African Union, or something, just something, anything, I'm checking my email every time. If I am expecting something, I am checking it to know when it comes in. My desire, the Bible says, will come to pass. Whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Your desire will come to pass. So keep checking. Keep checking until you get the email you expect. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 18, remember Elijah, when he was praying for the rain, what did the Bible tell us that he did? He kept sending the servants, go, go and check, go and check, go and check, checking. that checking was a faith step, it was action, it was acting on what he believed, go and check, some people say, ah, my boy, I Um, you don't need to check, I don't leave no, go and check, I believe it will happen, so go and check it, I'm expecting it. So he kept sending the summons. Go and check. I am praying rain must fall. Go and check. One, the boy came back. Oga, no rain. Elijah did not say, Ah, no rain, no rain. My brother, no river. If he had stopped once, the rain would never fall. He continued again. Bra, kada, ka. He bra, Boy, go and check. Two, the guy came back. Oga, no rain. Second time. Hey, no kadi la brandera. He continued the third time. Go and check. The boy came back. Oga, no rain. Fourth, fifth. Sixth time. The boy still came back. organo rain. you have done something for six times and and there was no result. But he did not stop. He kept on believing. He kept on acting on what he believed. And the seventh time, the Bible said, when he sent him the seventh time, go and check. The Bible said, the guy came back and said, ah, master, I saw something in the cloud. It's like the hand of God. The thing, ah, like quickly. Go and tell him how that the wind is there. Let us stop on you. Imagine if a Elijah stopped at the fifth time and said, "Ah, five times, this thing don't work." No, you have to keep pressing. You have to keep acting on what. Just keep acting on what you believe. Just keep acting on what you believe. So Elijah kept acting and he got what he expected. The rain fell and the young man came back, came down from the mountain. and The Bible said that he ran like one cartoon we used to watch when we were young, Freakazoid. Freakazoid, we just run and we pass passing. And the Bible said that the king was running with a horse and then Elijah ran like Freakazoid and passed the king faster than the king. Why? Because already. was soaked in so much faith and so much power that he now experienced the fourth dimension even when he was living in the three-dimensional world add feet to your faith. don't just sit down and say ah uh, this thing is happening no this thing is happening no if you believe it add action to it Act on what you believe. If you will ever fulfill your destiny and become who God wants you to become on earth, you must be a person that acts on what he believes. You must be a person of faith. And that is the only way you can fulfill destiny and reach the life that God wants you to reach. To become a person of faith, you must always act on what you believe. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed. We upload new messages every week to keep you inspired and strengthened in faith. Call us today on 909 Don't forget to share and subscribe to our channel. God bless you.